Thanks for joining us for this episode of Old Men Know Stuff. Here's your host, Dan Witham. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back. Welcome again. I hope that after last week, you're still with us. Uh, this is episode 20 of uh, our podcast, Old Men Know Stuff. I'm your host, Dan Witham. And uh, I know a thing or two, as the Holy Spirit's taught me through uh, 50 years of our Bible, our Bibles, and uh, 50 years of ministering as producer, director of TV for many of the major uh, Christian ministries over the last 45 years that have been nationwide, worldwide. I've edited, produced, directed quite a few sermons, church services, uh, field shoots in Israel, you name it, Africa, and uh, tried to, my best to hear the voice of the Lord leading, guiding, and helping uh, ministers of uh, men of God and women of God uh, to deliver the word that God has given them. So we thank God for that. Today's episode's called, How Do You See Me Now? Keyword there is me. I'll explain it to you in a minute. Um, I hope you've uh, been with us. You've gone to our podcast channels. There, We're on a podcast everywhere, uh, Apple, Spotify, um, uh, Amazon, Google, uh, and our YouTube channel, Old Men Know Stuff. Uh, today's episode 20, How Do You See Me Now? Uh, I think you'd do yourself well if you went back and looked at a few of our episodes, if not all of them. Uh, episode one is really foundational, Return to Your First Love. Episode four, I found very weighty, Playtime is Over. Episode number eight, uh, heads up America episode 15 one of our more recent ones please drink responsibly please drink responsibly the Lord's the Lord's gave me all these titles and that one is about the content that God the living water that he pours into you uh, Christian uh, pastor youth pastor evangelist the content that he's given you is far, far more important than you, <laughs> the container. And uh, the question is, are you drinking of that living well water responsibly, especially in the light of the recent events in Israel and this hour on God's time clock? So uh, let's do uh, episode 20 right now. And I'm going to do this differently. Um, I'm going to do it from... Uh, mainly Jesus's perspective. Now I'm not Jesus. Um, not I'm not worthy like Paul. I'm uh, like like uh, John the Baptist. I'm not even worthy to unloose the latches on his shoes. But I'm going to do it for emphasis for you, speaking mainly the words of Jesus. And uh, here we go. Um, how do you see me, Jesus, now? Uh, the Lord is saying, I left the streets of gold and the gates of pearls and the in the portals of heaven, and uh, the Father sent me to a wooden crib and a virgin woman uh, in a manger, a wooden manger in Bethlehem. And then 
go with me 33 and a half years later. I'm not on that cross anymore. I'm not on that cross anymore. I did that one time. And I'm not just savior. And thank God I am. That's why I left the portals of heaven and came, suffered, bled, and died that blood for the sin of the world, especially you. And I did it gladly. And the prophet, the prophet Isaiah in chapters 52 and 53 prophesied of me. Remember, how do you see me now? When he said, I was disfigured, marred, mutilated, beaten, more than any man. I, Jesus, let them despise and reject me. I was a man of sorrows, fully acquainted with the grief of this world, fully acquainted with the grief of this hour. They hid their faces from me. They turned their backs on me. I felt very alone, but yet the Father was with me. I bore their griefs then, and I bore your griefs now. I already bore them and carried their sorrows. I was wounded for their transgressions. I was brewed for their iniquities. The barrier to their peace was laid upon me, Jesus. And by my stripes, not somebody else's stripes, my stripes on my back, they are, they were and are being healed. My father then laid on me the sin of the whole world. David wrote of me in Psalm 22. Remember, we're doing this from Jesus's perspective. The leaders of Israel all gnashed at me like wild bulls of Bashan, wild bulls. All my bones are out of joint. My heart melted like wax. One of my disciples wrote of me, Matthew, I had a crown of thorns placed on my head. They mocked me. <laughs> they still are. They mocked me. Hail, King of the Jews. They spit on me. I'll let him do that once. They whipped me to my bones showed and then they nailed my hands and feet to a tree that I made. Wow. That's quite a that's quite a, a savior. Thank God for that. I told my disciples in that garden that night that I could have called 12 legions of angels. Get your math out right now. I could have called 12 legions of angels, each legion 6,000 angels at my command. Well, baby, each angel could destroy, as we know, I think it's in Isaiah, 185,000 people. So 12 legions of angels 6,000 angels per legion. 
that's 13 billion 320 million souls 11 billion more souls than now is on the earth i could have commanded and fixed it at that point but i saw you and you and you and you and me as i hung on that tree actually from the foundations of the earth but guess what i kept my mouth closed I kept my mouth closed because I had to get through that because that's why I was sent. That's why the Father sent me. So I asked the Father to take this cup from me because I never knew sin at that point. He and I, along with the Holy Spirit, had decided at the foundation of the world in Revelation 13, that when the first Adam fell into sin with Eve, my blood was the only way. How do you see me now? So because of our love for what we created, you and whosoever will, I agreed to be the sin offering the Father required for you and the whole world. But then I opened my mouth and I shouted one last shout. And I said on the cross, it is finished. And there were no more need of sacrifice ever again. I am savior. Let's keep going. Death couldn't stop me. The tomb couldn't hold me. Hell hadn't seen anything like me. <laughs> I led captivity back to heaven. I put one drop of my blood on the mercy seat from which the Father judges the whole world for all eternity. Guess what? It's still there. Thank God. And then I sat down on the right hand of the Father. In heaven, the Father's on his throne. I'm on his right. I haven't left there since then. I gave a tag team handoff to my spirit to do my bidding. And I'm still there praying for you and interceding for you. I've done all I can do. So I have this question for you before we get to part B. How do you see me now in this hour of human history with wars and rumors of wars and perilous times and the love of many will grow cold and people would be fierce? Sounds like this hour and despisers of those that are good and a really broad spectrum of humanity's lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. It's vital, imperative, critical to your well-being that you see me, Jesus, as the Apostle John did 
exiled on that rocky Roman prison on the Isle of Patmos, when John was in the spirit on the Lord's day in the book of Revelation, and John heard a voice as a great trumpet and said of me, and being turned to see the voice that spoke to him, boom, I, John, saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, which by the way, the seven golden candlesticks is, I believe on the flag of Israel, I could be wrong, but it's prominent. In the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like the son of man, me. And I was clothed down to the foot and I wrapped around my chest a golden band and my head and my hair were like wool, which is the righteousness of the glory of the father. white as snow, and my eyes were as a flame of fire. John is now seeing in this vision on Patmos something entirely different than he saw with me in my three and a half years of ministry when I spoke to his heart as we walked along on the Sea of Galilee. I'm, I'm, I'm a new revelation to John. I pray this is a new, I pray Jesus, this is a new revelation of him to you. How do you see me now? Continuing on with what John saw, my feet were like fine brass as it were refined in a furnace. And my voice was as the sound of many waters to John. I pray his voice has been that strong to you. And I had in my right hand seven stars, signifying that I rule over the seven churches of ancient minor at that time, just as I rule over my church now, I, Jesus rule over my churches now. And out of my mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. I used that sword throughout my reign over this world. And my countenance was like the sun shining in all of its strength. And I want to add making it very personal. Perhaps you too have seen that light, the light of his countenance. I have once, you won't ever forget it. Because it both judges, you know instantly, if you're born again, it both judges our character, our conduct, our daily walk as a person. It both judges and purifies for further usage at the same time. Moses saw that light when he came down from the Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments and his face shone so brightly that the children of Israel couldn't look on him. And also when the apostle Paul saw me, 
when I knocked him off his donkey on his way to kill more Christians and he was blinded by the light. And I want to insert right there that God is no problem getting your attention. So what happened to John? John said, when I, when I saw me, I fell at his feet as a dead man. So the Lord is, now I'm going to talk as one of us and Jesus is asking his church in the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation, how do you see me now? That's very important. Do you see him just on the cross? You should, but not just on the cross. He's not there anymore. He's not in the tomb anymore. He's at his rightful position, having done what the Father and the Holy Spirit asked him to do, and he agreed to do, as I said earlier, to leave the streets of gold and the gates of pearls and all the, Paul said, unimaginable splendor of heaven that we can't possibly describe, think, or the things we heard especially from that heavenly choir. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. CeCe Winans and Donnie McClurkin and all the other very anointed voices from time immemorial? Even I'll be able to sing. And I got booted out of my... Uh, my choir class in high school, they literally told me to go down and shoot free throws and uh, gave me a B or something. It was pretty funny, actually, but they did. True story. Jesus is saying, I want everyone in my church. That's you, I pray. To know that in this hour, I've come to search the inner man. He's searching right now your heart, your mind, your spirit. He wants you to get it right. He wants you to do the things he's asking. Why is this? Because on the cross, he was Savior. But now as he appears to John, he's Lord. We're about to read about it. The current state of Jesus Christ, how do you see me now? He's Lord, Lord of all. And he gives himself a final description here in just a second. What I have to say to my children will pierce asunder, even to the marrow and the bone. But at the same time, it's going to heal you. And I will not allow, I, Jesus, will not allow a child of mine to continue in apathy or blindness spiritual blindness in this hour. I ain't going to allow it. The time is far spent. Wed to fleshly pursuits of this world. I see all. 
and I will speak to every facade. I see all and speak will speak to every facade. In Romans 13, the Apostle Paul reminded us, actually, I reminded Paul. <laughs> I, the word, reminded Paul to write these words to you. The time has come. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness while wow, they're all around. And let us put on the armor of light. You have to do that. You have to cast it off. You have to put it on. Wake up, my child. What I've told each of you to do, you must do it and do it quickly for the night will come when no man will work. So I, Jesus, will ask you again. How do you see me now? Here's what John saw at the end of that vision later in the book of Revelation. Here's what John saw. He saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. White always signifies things of God. And he, me, Jesus, that sat upon this horse was called faithful and true. You can count on it. And in righteousness, and that's the only way I'll judge and make war. My eyes were as a flame of fire. Remember, John saw this of me. My eyes were as a flame of fire, and on my head were many crowns. Put on there from previous souls that I've saved. How's yours doing? And I had a name written that no man knew but me, myself. And I was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. The consciousness of blood never left my thought because that's the reason I came my blood and my name was and is called the word of god and my armies which were in heaven follow me upon white horses by the way my friend uh, lawrence bishop darling bishop's husband passed about five years ago and her darling secretary Lawrence and Darlene had a large quarter horse ranch across I-75 in Middleton, Ohio from their church, Solid Rock. And uh, Darlene's secretary called me to give me the news that Lawrence, I'll never forget this, Lawrence had suddenly gone to be with the Lord and Lawrence was about 6'1", about 2.30 in a solid rock of a man, probably 70. And and uh, Shauna said to me in tears, rightly so, as I approached the mailbox, I never forget it. Hey, Danny, I got some sad news that Lawrence went to be with the Lord. And immediately out of my spirit, I said, well, who else would you call to get the horses ready in heaven? This verse brought that to my memory. And the armies which were in heaven followed me upon white horses. Way to go, Lawrence clothed in linen, white and clean. 
And out of my mouth went a sharp sword. There we go again with a sharp sword. That with that sword, I should smite the nations. And I will rule them with a rod of iron. Because I'm Lord. And I treaded the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. He sent me to do that. My father. And I had on my vesture, on my, if you will, clothing, and on my thigh, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. My name is Faithful and True, and I am not just Savior, but I'm now King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What are you saying, old man that knows stuff? I'm saying and asking, how do you see him now? If he's still on the, is he still on the cross? Great. That'll get you into heaven. If you trust in what he did, that sacrifice. Or is he also king of kings and lord of lords? Every day of your life, through our trials, our pains, our tribulations that he promised us we would have, and you know that he's with you by your side, <laughs> unlike the rest of humanity at times, there are questions. Jesus had questions in the garden. But he's with us in our pain, our attacks, our spiritual warfare, especially as we see this hour approaching. So I pray that we will cast off the unfruitful works of darkness, the unfruitful works of darkness, and run patiently the race that is set before you. Cast off those works of darkness. You have to do it, and you have to run patiently the race that he has set before all of us. The finish line is in sight. Thanks for joining me today. How do you see him now? Thanks for joining us for this episode of Old Men Know Stuff. For more information, go to oldmennostuff.com.